Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Thursday, March 14th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, British MPs vote to take a no-deal Brexit off the table. The U.S. bows to international pressure on the safety of the Boeing 737 MAX plane. And former Trump campaign chair Paul Manafort is charged in even more financial crimes. Then the FT's Rochelle Toplensky explains why Spotify filed an antitrust complaint against Apple. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. This is Jim Pickard, the chief political correspondent in London. The essence of what happened on Wednesday night was that there was supposed to be a vote on Theresa May's motion to take no-deal Brexit off the table, but would have kept open the option of no-deal in the future. But what happened was a sort of rebel amendment from backbenchers saying that no deal should be taken off the table forever got passed by just four votes. So Thursday evening's vote is fairly important because it's a vote on whether Article 50, which is the mechanism for leaving the EU, will be extended by two or three months. But the reason it's going to be quite interesting is that there's going to be attempts by backbench MPs to sort of wrest control even further from the government by trying to force something called indicative votes, which would be a way for various options to be put to MPs. So, for example, a second referendum or maybe a kind of Norway-style soft Brexit or a no-deal Brexit, and you could then sort of line up these options and you could gauge what the support is among 650 MPs of the House of Commons for those different options. Well, there goes the bell for MPs to, to go and vote. So I think Thursday will, will, be, will be an important moment, but not, not on the actual government motion for extending Article 50. It will be this idea that you could have indicative votes, and that will show potentially that the appetite of MPs is for a softer Brexit, and in theory that could once again scare Eurosceptic MPs into backing May's deal. But so far they've proved very resilient and they haven't scared easily. The U.S. finally bowed to international pressure on the safety of Boeing's 737 MAX aircraft. Uh, Airlines have been all notified. Airlines are agreeing with this. The safety of the American people and all people is our paramount concern. That's U.S. President Donald Trump announcing a ban on the aircraft yesterday. On Sunday, a 737 MAX operated by Ethiopian Airlines crashed en route to Nairobi, Kenya. The U.S. was one of the last remaining advanced countries to ground the aircraft. This followed a ban enforced by Canada earlier in the day. Canadian officials cited new data linking two crashes involving the MAX fleet. Boeing, which manufactures the aircraft, said in a statement that it, quote, continues to have full confidence in the safety of the 737 MAX. The company said that following consultation with U.S. authorities and customers around the world, it would recommend to the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration that a temporary suspension is placed on the entire global fleet. That's 371 jets in total. Boeing's shares dropped as much as 3.2% during trading on Wednesday, but managed to recover 0.5% higher by market close. Southwest Airlines relies more heavily on the 737 MAX aircraft than some of its rivals. Shares in the carrier were down as much as 3.6% after the news of the ban, before recovering to close up a little. This is Kadam Schuber. I'm the FT's U.S. enforcement correspondent, and I'm calling in from Washington. Paul Manafort, who was Donald Trump's campaign manager for a time in 2016, was sentenced on Wednesday in the second of two cases 
brought by Robert Mueller, who's the special counsel investigating links between the 2016 Trump campaign and Russia. Last week, he was sentenced to just under four years in jail for a variety of crimes like uh, tax and bank fraud connected to money he made while lobbying in Ukraine. On Wednesday, he had an extra 43 months added on to that sentence, bringing his total jail time up to about seven and a half years or just under seven years when time served is taken into account. Almost immediately after the hearing had finished up, the Manhattan District Attorney, who's a state prosecutor in New York, brought additional charges against Manafort, this time alleging mortgage fraud. While Donald Trump could, if he wanted to, pardon Manafort in the federal cases brought by Mueller or commute his jail time so that he wouldn't have to serve any time in prison, the president does not have any power to pardon state charges. So now there's really two things to look out for. One is whether Trump may or may not issue a pardon and when that might happen. The second thing, obviously, will be the case in New York. Mr. Manafort's lawyers will probably make two arguments. One, that somehow this prosecution is politically motivated. And two, that there's a double jeopardy issue, potentially. So they may seek to dismiss the charges, arguing that, in effect, he's being prosecuted for the same sort of conduct twice. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. Spotify has stepped up its battle with Apple. The music streaming service has formally asked regulators in Brussels to crack down on the way Apple runs its app store. Spotify alleges that Apple is, quote, tilting the playing field to disadvantage competitors. Spotify filed an EU antitrust complaint on Monday. The FT's EU correspondent, Rochelle Toplensky, explains exactly what's in Spotify's complaint. It alleges that Apple is dominant for the app store, for its own app store. And that means that in Europe, for antitrust terms, there are certain behaviors that they can't do. They have certain responsibilities in being a dominant company. They have three main complaints. The first one is that Apple is requiring them and other app makers to use Apple's payment engine and no other options. The second requirement is that Apple has said that Spotify, as well as other digital content providing apps, have to pay a 30% fee from any subscriptions or app purchases that are done through that app payment store. What Spotify has basically done in response to that has decided that they won't offer their premium service through the Apple App Store. And the third part of the complaint is that Apple is limiting how Spotify can communicate with the customers who sign up through the App Store. So they originally could communicate quite broadly with them, and it's been narrowing and narrowing over the years. It's narrowed to the point where they can't advertise their premium service within the App Store or in their app. They can't tell customers to go to the website and sign up to their premium. And it's gotten to the point where they allege that they can't even tell their users that they have a premium service anymore. And is this happening because Spotify is trying to bolster its position in the streaming industry? Uh, it's, it's interesting because they could have made this complaint and kept it completely confidential. The commission does actually keep these complaints confidential, specifically because some people may worry about retribution. Spotify has definitely made a choice to be 
very public about this. They've got a microsite, they've got the blog post. My understanding is that Apple is in a couple of weeks coming forward with a new sort of push on digital services. So they say it's completely coincidental that that this Apple push on services is coming up and this is the, when they've decided to file the complaint. But it's definitely a chosen moment by Spotify and they have chosen to go public. What are the next steps here? The commission will assess it. They don't have any timelines or deadlines. So unlike their merger sort of processes when they go through analyzing a a deal and whether it should go through, for these type of antitrust complaints, there are no deadlines. There's no specific milestones that they have to hit. So it goes through the process. Apple would obviously have a right to respond to any charges, to see any concerns that the um, commission might have. And a lot of that happens in a confidential basis unless the companies come out and say. So it sort of goes into the big machine and we try and read the smoke signals or wait for a company to tell us where they are. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today we'll be following the big vote in Westminster. We'll see whether or not Brexit Day will be delayed. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.